pilot's plain tales down the black hole. A lot of airfields have a black hole. No, it's not some gravitational sucker that will consume passing spaceships, nor an anatomically incorrect reference. It's the feeling one gets when taking off at night and leaving the bright airport lights behind us as we climb out into the complete blackness of a dark, moonless night. Often those coastal runways that point out to sea where... The only lights to be seen are the occasional passing ship and a few stars that might well be hidden by an overcast sky are classic black holes. When I face one, I usually brief the effects that we might face during the transition from a brightly lit visual environment to a purely instrument ones. I will certainly run through in my own mind what might happen to remind myself to come on to the instruments in plenty of time. So what are we really talking about today? Well, it's spatial disorientation and how it can kill us. Military pilots, because they fly high-performance aircraft, are very prone to spatial disorientation, which is why we train so hard to learn the traps and pitfalls. Every year we would spend time at an aviation medical training centre, combining such things as pressure breathing, explosive decompression, and not just after a curry, hypoxia and disorientation training. We were spun around in a three-axis contraption to feel the effects of movement on the body. We sat in a box that was turned and twisted by a doctor, whilst describing how we perceive the movement, which was always fun to our mates outside, as we clearly demonstrated the limitations of a body designed to walk the earth, not fly our fighter jet. Whilst the fast-turning and high-G environment of a fighter can be very conducive to disorientation, you shouldn't, dear listener, think that it's exclusive to that world. More than 80% of the private pilots in the US do not have instrument ratings and therefore shouldn't fly in conditions that need reference to instruments. However, the NTSB reports that approximately 40% of all fatal GA accidents list continuation of flight into conditions for which the pilot was not trained as a cause. A pilot who experiences disorientation and enters what is commonly known as the graveyard spiral has, on average, only three minutes left to live. So what goes on in a body that evolved in the Miocene period when it's thrust into an aircraft? It all happens in our inner ears. Let's start with sensing 1G. This is what we feel when standing on the surface of the world. We have felt it for all our lives and our ancestors for millennia before. Close your eyes and you know which way is up. Tilt forward and you know what angle you have reached. All very clever and all sensed by the otolith organs. Think of little hairs with bob weights attached that bend when we move from the horizontal or accelerate up and down like in a lift. The trouble is that, as many of us know, It's quite possible to feel a normal sense of 1G when upside down. Just look at the YouTube videos of guys doing a barrel roll, holding a glass of water. 
When they roll inverted, the water is still sitting comfortably in the glass. The aircraft is effectively pulling 1G vertically down, but it is actually inverted and the pilot only feels one positive G, just as if they were sitting on a chair in their kitchen. Being able to fool the body into feeling 1G is a classic way of getting into trouble. Because we can induce 1G in any phase of flight and any attitude, it's very easy for our body to convince us that we are the right way up when exactly the reverse might be happening. So why doesn't this happen all the time? Sight is a very strong cue to orientation. It's so strong that it can override the other senses in a moment and a severely disorientated pilot will almost instantly know where they are in space once a clear horizon comes into view. Our body isn't only equipped with up-down sensors, but a very sophisticated system of accelerometers as well. These are commonly termed our semicircular canals, and they are joined at a common point, but aligned vertically, horizontally and laterally or perhaps easier for us pilots to understand, one will detect roll, one pitch and one yaw. It's almost like they were designed for the job. These hollow tubes are filled with a gloopy liquid and a bunch of sensing hairs. When we start moving, the fluid in these canals lags behind a bit, which deflects the hairs in the tubes and gives the sensation of acceleration. If the movement is constant, then the fluid will catch up and the sensation disappears. They are great for telling when we have started and stopped moving, so long as the movement isn't too gentle, as some subtle movements aren't detected. Just as an aside, when you go to bed after a night on the tiles, the spinning feeling you get as you try to sleep is caused by the change in specific gravity in the fluid within these canals when your delicious alcohol seeps into the inner ear. So, next time you are making a call on the big white telephone in your toilet, you'll understand just why the world won't stop turning. These tubes have one major design flaw. They have a common junction where all three join together and the fluids can mix. This can create a special trap for the uninitiated, but more of that later. So just how are our bodies managing to fool us? I've already alluded to the situation where we can sense 1G and think that we are upright, but in reality be anything but. Any of us could put our aircraft in an attitude and just by applying a little backstick induce 1G on the G-meter thereby fooling ourselves to thinking we are upright. The seat of our pants is far from reliable. More insidious problems are caused by those tricky semicircular canals. Let's deal with their inability to detect gentle rates of roll. Anything less than about one degree per second per second, no, I'm not repeating myself, but we are talking acceleration here, will go undetected. This means that an inattentive pilot can let an angle of bank build up, say to the left, without realising, which will result in a descending spiral. Suddenly noticing they are not wings level, their reaction is to rapidly straighten the aircraft up. 
This movement, being more abrupt, will be detected by those troublesome semicircular canals, but having missed the initial displacement, they will only have sensed the movement made to correct the problem. So far as your inner ear is concerned, you have gone from level and rolled right. This feeling can be so strong that pilots counter it by stopping that levelling manoeuvre that would have saved their lives and returning to their left spiral that is going nowhere but into their graves. A pilot fighting to overcome these strange feelings and correctly believing their instruments while often unconsciously tilt their heads to try and compensate for the erroneous sensations in their inner ears, leading to the description, having the leans. In a more aggressive form, pilots in a spin have been known to stop the corrective recovery actions when the spin slows, in the belief they're now spinning in the opposite direction. By stopping the recovery, they seal their fate. Not so much of a problem for our GA pilots, but certainly something that an airline pilot can feel, particularly in a go-around when they apply full power and the aircraft accelerates rapidly, is a somatographic illusion. An ever-present problem for fighter pilots, rapid acceleration tilts the little hairs that sense up. It tilts them backwards, giving the sensation that our aircraft is pitching up and not just accelerating. Our natural reaction is to push the nose forward, which can even worsen the illusion as the acceleration can become even more rapid, leading to a further pitch input towards the ground with obvious results. Sudden deceleration can happen when slowing to configure the aircraft to land and can have the opposite effect, leading a pilot to pitch up into a stall. I mentioned the problems that our badly designed semicircular canals can have because they share a common portion. This leads to the horrible Coriolis illusion or Coriolis trap where genuine movement of the fluid in two canals can induce a third false movement. The worst of these occurs when turning and tilting the head, say to look at a knee pad or the overhead panel whilst turning the aircraft. The Phantom had some classic traps where a head turn and tilt was required to find a control box inappropriately fitted into the cockpit corner. Combined movements can produce an overpowering sensation that the aircraft is rolling, pitching and yawing at the same time, leading to a severe disorientation and loss of control. I mentioned that sight is a very powerful sense that can quickly banish feelings of disorientation when the real horizon comes into view. But in a similar manner, that power can be destructive when faced with a visual illusion. Our mental image of a runway can be so strong that when faced with a runway of strange proportions, perhaps unusually wide, we can be fooled into making a very high flare. Upsloping or downsloping runways can lead to dangerously shallow or steep approach angles. Because our eyes aren't ever perfectly still, autokinetic illusions make us think a single stationary light in a dark area is actually moving. Stars can be mistaken for moving aircraft. False horizons, perhaps caused by a cloud bank, 
can lead us to become badly disorientated. And there are others relating to peripheral motion. You might see something beside you starting to move, giving the illusion that it is still and you are moving instead. The brain does its best to make sense of the world around us, and the best protection to such problems is to educate ourselves and be aware of when we might be misled. Whatever happens, when we are suspicious of our ability to readily understand what our bodies are telling us, we are trained to trust our instruments, to work through the illusion, continue to fly safely and tell our fellow pilot who might be unaffected. Whatever, we need to be prepared and humble enough to admit that no matter how good a pilot we think we are, we can all suffer from disorientation and none of us wants to fly down that black hole.